You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, and how about that beauty last night? Because of that win, your Winnipeg Jets are tied for first atop the North Division. Is something you could have said for about an hour after the Montreal Canadiens just bludgeoned the Vancouver Canucks. Montreal sits atop the North, but... Winnipeg's not all that far behind, and that's because back-to-back wins against the Sens, although this one a little more comfy, a little more convincing than the one on Tuesday night. We'll break that one down here for you guys. I mean, we got to talk about the debut of Illy Hainala this season. Everybody's all jacked up about that. And Logan Stanley does his best big buff impression. That was pretty awesome to see. So we'll talk Jets-Sens and then look ahead to the weekend where the third game of a three-game set goes Saturday, followed by the first meeting this season against McDavid, Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers. And then after the hockey talk, really jacked to bring you guys an interview with Cam from Close Company here in Winnipeg on Stafford. Uh, just a, a really interesting story about how uh, a little place tries to find a way to make it work during some tough times in a pandemic. If you're a drink person, You're going to love this interview because they make some of the best in the city and they've got a great menu as well. One of the favorite things in my life that I've had traveling about is the fabled croquette and Cam and close co was wise enough to put some of those on the menu and they've got some other great eats as well. And we'll talk about their cocktail kits. I I just think it's a brilliant idea. We see these food kits all the time right now coming out from restaurants, but this is the only cocktail kit I've ever seen. So we talk about that, but if you're into having a cold one or maybe even a bit of a warm one, I guess that's how cocktails are kind of made with ice or or without ice. Um, But they have a drink for every kind of, every kind of flavor for every kind of spirit. So make sure you tune into that in about 15 minutes time. But first guess what guys? He's back. The return we've all been waiting for is finally here. One of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a free shot at ginormous cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, McGregor Poirier 2, DraftKings is offering new players that sign up 
a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. And it's super easy too. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is, is really easy to play. It worked for a dummy like me. It's going to work for you guys. I guarantee that uh, all you got to do is pick six fighters. You stay under the salary cap. Each fighter has a different um, dollar amount attached to them. So you have to pick and choose who you want to go with. You pile up the points for advances, takedowns, a whole bunch more. It's a great way to put your MMA knowledge to the test. If you think you know everything there is to know about the UFC, but even if, like I said, you're a rookie like me, it's fun to, you know, follow around and maybe see if you can make a couple bucks, compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget NFL Conference Championship this weekend on Sunday. DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend for that as well. And on top of it all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds, hopefully doing a lot of withdrawing of your funds at your convenience. So what you have to do, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions in total prizes throughout the weekend. Again, that's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I touched on the NFL playoffs there. If you do sign up using the promo code THPN, you get a chance to enter into a $20 pool for free. First place gets you a million bucks. How about that? That's all it is. You sign up in a couple days, you make the right moves, you get a million bucks, and away you go. So let's make it happen. Now let's get back to the hockey. Jet sends last night. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to break down, I guess, from a team perspective because the Jets took it to an inferior opponent. But it was it was nice they did that because it didn't happen Tuesday. I mean that was a that was a tire fire that, that game against the Senators. The Jets were very fortunate to tie it, let alone to win it. Let's not break down that one a whole lot because I want to try and stay positive heading into the weekend here. Once Nikolai Ehlers scored in the first period, I thought the game was on cruise control for Winnipeg. They just Ottawa never had a chance. And I think what Winnipeg, I guess, simply did better than they did on Tuesday was they skated their asses off. So that that was a start, but the passing was just miles and miles better. The passing was was beautiful. And I'm not even talking just the the great offensive play on Blake Wheeler's goal, the tic-tac-toe from Shifley and Connor. I'm just talking, you know, passes out of their own zone from their defensemen, finding a way to get through the neutral zone with relative ease. I mean, that's when you see the Jets at their best. Is when they're able to get out of their zone cleanly. And you saw a lot of easy entries into the Ottawa zone. I mean, on on top of it all, if the Sins didn't block what felt like a gazillion shots, you know, maybe the Jets make a case towards closer to 40 shots. Like the shot clock doesn't really do it justice as to just how dominant Winnipeg was in that one. And then by the time you get to the final 20, you know, it's curtains. And there's not really a whole lot to break down in that final frame, except for one thing, one fun thing that we'll get to it a little bit later, but we got to talk about what everybody was excited to see last night. And that was maybe the surprising move of Vili Hanala playing game one this season. Not only that, but doing so 
beside Josh Morrissey on the top pair. And on top of all that, the dude's doing it on his offside half the time. Did you, by the way, did you guys know what Villy is uh, finished for? It's Norris. Villy is actually finished for Norris, which is what he's going to be racking up in a couple years. That's not true. Don't look that up. I, again, I thought the kid was really good. And I, I don't know the exact amount of time he played on his offside because Morrissey and him switched throughout the game. But to do that on a top pair in your first game of the season, having played since, you know, the World Juniors a couple of weeks ago, I, I thought he looked just fine. And the thing that stands out the most with Vili Hainala that I'm really jacked to see this season is, I mean, his passing is high-end NHL level already. It's it's not even like it's just, hey, that's pretty good for a youngster, pretty good for a third. No, 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 no. He The, the decisions he makes with the puck on his stick are high-end. And I think that's been missing on this team early on this season, specifically having Vili Hanala just jump in and replace Sammy Niku. You know, Sammy struggled to move the puck, especially as an offensive guy. Like, if you're not going to be offensive, then... There's not really much of a need for you in the lineup, but but Billy did that constantly throughout the night, and it's not these stretch passes all the time with defensemen. It's these little sort of just four or five foot passes, a little touch here, a little touch there, just moves that can kickstart your breakout cleanly going into the offensive zone. I, I just thought he's so, so damn good at that, and it's something that while he wasn't flawless last night, I just can't imagine that you take Vili Hanel out of the lineup because he gives you that option. He gives you that outlet. And there's not a ton of guys on the Jets that can do that extremely cleanly. I'm going to be a little surprised and, and disappointed if we don't see Vili Hanel continue to get more ice time, you know, if Tucker Pullman remains out with injury here. I, I think we're all in agreement here that the kid's for real. The kid's for real. And I guess the reinforcements are coming too on the back end that with Hainala, we'll see whatever Dylan Sandberg gets into the lineup that the jets just might be in good hands moving forward here. I, I just, I'm a big fan of Billy's game and I, I wonder what the lineup's going to look like Saturday night against Ottawa, because we, we know that Dylan DeMello is going to be back in to me. I want to see Morrissey DeMello. I want to see Morrissey DeMello as the top pair I, I, don't, I still don't know why they went into the season without that as their primary option. I just think we need to see what Morrissey DeMello looks like as a top pair. You, you can't have Josh Morrissey getting cratered in the shot chair night in, night out. And I think Dylan DeMello is the best bet to make sure that that line, that top pairing stays afloat. Because as of right now, Neil Pionk and Derek Forward are pretty damn solid. And Derek Forward is without a doubt the surprise of the early season for the Winnipeg Jets. Another great pass. That's back-to-back games now where he's made an absolutely fantastic pass to set up Adam Lowry's goal. I mean, I, I think they've been exactly what you've hoped for out of a second pairing. And they absolutely took the Senators to the cleaners in the shot share department. Neil Pionk and Derek Forward out there for 17 shot attempts for just six against. I mean, they were outstanding once again. So if you can solidify that top pair and Morrissey DeMello showed some of the chemistry they had together, albeit in limited time last season, yeah, the top four all of a sudden isn't looking all that bad. And then you have a decision to make on the third pair. 
I mean, we know Nathan Beaulieu is going to be one of the defensemen there. If Tucker Pullman is out, let's assume Beaulieu shifts over to the right side, his offside. You have a choice between Logan Stanley and Vili Hainala. Give me Hainala. I, I want to see Vili Hainala there. I, I just think it's it's nice to have a puck moving option with Nathan Beaulieu, especially with him being on his offside. Like you, you don't want to, I, I just worry a little bit, especially when you play a team like Edmonton, that you're going to ask too much out of that bottom pairing. I think having a little bit of slipperiness, a little bit of smooth puck moving out there with Nathan Beaulieu would be nice. Uh, but then once Tucker Pullman comes back, I assume Stanley and Hanela will come out of the lineup. But let me know what you guys think. What What would be your preferred defensive lineup once DeMello is back in the lineup and once Tucker Pullman is back in the lineup, would you would you try to find a way to keep Billy Hanela out there? Or do you just kind of go maybe a little a little older and a little bigger? I mean, I'm intrigued to see what you guys think. So hit me up on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki. What's your ideal defensive lineup for this team now that we're four games into the season? Now, on a bit of a lighter note, how wicked was it to see the old double buff grab in a scrum with Logan Stanley. Hey, eh? uh, that was awesome. I, I, how could you not have a smile on your face and think back to maybe somewhat simpler times when Dustin Bufflin would ragdoll a couple of dudes uh, Now Logan Stanley didn't ragdoll two guys. He wasn't carrying them all over the ace one in each hand, but you know what? So sometimes I'm not a huge believer in, in size and intimidation and things like that in hockey with j- just with the way the game is played nowadays. But every now and then it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice to have a guy like that in the team. You know what I mean? Like when you get into a scrum, like an Ottawa was kind of running around all over the place. Once the game got out of hand, it's sometimes it's kind of nice to have a guy like Logan Stanley, who's willing and, and certainly able to uh, take care of himself and his teammates. So that was just something that was fun to see. It, it was good. And Logan Stanley, give the kid credit. He's been pretty impressive so far in his first two NHL games. He hasn't lit the world on fire or anything like that, but I don't know. Is steady the right word? Solid, steady? Like, I mean, he's never going to pop off the page, I don't think, but going into this training camp, going into this season, if you would have told me Logan Stanley, legitimate NHLer, I, I probably would have bet against that, but having seen him for a couple games now, you know, he's he's looked good, and he's he's so much improved from where he has been so give Logan Stanley a ton of credit for putting the work in. And now it looks like, hey, maybe next season. That's a nice third pair option for you, at least on the left side. So two more games on tap on the weekend for the Winnipeg Jets before we return with another episode on Tuesday. Again with the Senators on Saturday night. I mean, this schedule has been a major blessing, I believe, for the Jets here. Where you get three right off the bat against the Senators, and they were kind of lucky to get the one on Tuesday, like I said. But I mean, here's a prime opportunity for a four and one start through five games to take care of business on home ice against a team you should beat. This is one the Jets have to find a way to take advantage of. And then you get an Edmonton team coming in on Sunday. The Oilers looked much, much improved in that game against Toronto earlier this week, where at least defensively, they looked like they shortened a whole crap load up. And the Oilers have always given the Jets trouble too, it seems like, over the past couple seasons. So I'm intrigued for the Sunday matchup more so than that game against Ottawa on Saturday. Intriguing too how Paul Maurice goes with his goaltending duo. A back-to-back, Connor Hellebuck was outstanding against Ottawa whenever he was called upon. 
Do you go with Helly in, in two consecutive games there? Or do you put Brassois in for, for one of them? And if it is, do you put him in for the first one against the Sens or the second against the Oilers? I, I think the one game I, I mean, you won Connor Hellebuck in against Edmonton. So I, I think no matter what, that's the game that you make sure you get Connor Hellebuck into. Now, do you want to see Brassois again against the Sens, a team that he has historically dominated? I think we see Connor Hellebuck get both games. And then there's a Tuesday matchup against the Oilers. I think Connor Hellebuck gets that one as well. Then they're off until Saturday, actually. The Winnipeg Jets are. So that that's why I'm not going to be shocked if we see Paul Maurice roll with Helly three and four nights. You know, it's it's early in the season, so he's not overly taxed right now. You know, I'm not a big fan of, of playing goalies in back-to-backs unless you absolutely have to. But having said that, Connor Hellebuck has actually been pretty good the past. Well, he was really good last year in back-to-back situations. So I'm not going to totally oppose it. But if you want to put Laurent Brassois in against Ottawa, knowing that he's going to be pretty solid for you, and then you have arrested Hellebuck in uh, two, consecutive game against, two consecutive games against the Oilers, I don't mind that option either. Either way, the goaltending has been... Brilliant so far for the Jets this season. And any concerns whatsoever that Hellebuck, who, you know, historically has had great season, down season, great season, down season. If you were worried that this was going to be the yo-yo effect again, early returns, uh-uh. The dude's going to make another run of the Vesna. He's He's been as good as he has been last season, so that's great to see. Now let's switch over to the plates portion of the podcast. We touched on it earlier. If you love drinks... If you're like me, you love croquettes. That's two for two right now. And you love great atmospheres. You're going to love this interview. All right. Very pleased now to be joined by Cam Chabot, the part owner of Close Company. Cam, how's it going tonight? Oh, it's going pretty good. Thanks. Right on, right on. Well, let's just dive right into it here. I mean, your concept, I think, is one of the more unique ones in the city. And I believe it's, you know, the only restaurant of its kind the only place of its kind can you explain to the listeners just how the idea of close company got started and, and what you guys are all about oh great well thanks very much so yeah no where we got our start was uh i live in the neighborhood and i uh, lived here for quite a few years and uh steve the barber uh who occupied this space uh, retired hung up the shears after 61 years <laughs> cutting hair and uh, so we walked through. The forensic sign went up on a piece of cardboard, and I, I uh, talked to Tammy, my my partner, and I said, you know, I think we should should just grab that spot. And uh, we did. We leased it right away. And I guess we were the first call because she had ended up. The landlord told us they had about a hundred phone calls on the place, but we were the first one she called back, and I took it. And uh, we started formulating a plan for what to do in there. So it's kind of funny. We put the cart before the horse a little bit, but uh, <laughs> we, we got the space and then we started figuring it out. So this is, this always fascinates me. Did you have any prior history in like, whether it's the food or the drink biz? So uh, not so much. So my uh, sister and brother-in-law and cousin run a fun little pub downtown called the Yellow Dog Tavern. Oh yeah, so- yeah. I'm familiar with the business, and I spent enough time on the other side of the bar in a few uh, locations around North America. So, uh, you know, I know what I like and what I don't like. And, you know, Winnipeg is uh, it's an interesting place, but we don't have a lot of options in, in any one area. So, you know, what do I like? I like interesting spots, cocktail places, uh, good food places, unique uh, hole-in-the-walls. And, uh, you know, you go in downtown New York, you turn down a back alley, and there's a 
you know, if it was a stand-up bar for eight people or something like that, right? So that seemed to be something to me that Winnipeg would embrace a little bit. So we got the micro idea from just kind of our own experiences. And I love it. And and for those that haven't been inside your place, it, it really is, it, it's got that almost like exclusive sort of a feel. Like if you grab a table or a seat, you feel like a big shot. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it does work out that way sometimes. <laughs> so how, and I, I mean this like with all good intentions, but how does a place whose concept is essentially, you know, small gatherings in tight places, how do you guys pivot during a pandemic you obviously didn't foresee coming? <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the joke uh, du jour was uh, close company, more like closed company, right? Oh, so, no. Uh, yeah, I was going to say socially distanced company, but... Yeah, well, you know, we did our part. We put up <laughs> a little bit of plexiglass and we held people at bay, but the reality was uh, our model was designed to be busy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, I mean, we pivot, we do what you can, we have a nice little patio. So in the summertime, we were able to, to distance, get a couple of people in, a couple of people out, stay in business. Um, you know, but in the wintertime, it's really, I mean, we're just, we're in this with everybody else. It's tough. You know, it's just, we're doing what we can. Hopefully we're on the right track and it sounds like things are slowly getting better here. Is, is there hope at least that, you know, if the restrictions ease up later in January, that. You know, whether it's indoor or outdoor, because it's so damn nice right now that you guys can open up a little bit at least. Well, you know, there is a lot of hope on the on the horizon. You know, we follow the news every day, and um, you know, it's just it seems like you know, like if we can get the numbers down for spring, we can have a similar summer to last year, and then we can, uh, you know, as we get into the fall, maybe things start looking a little bit like they did in the past. And, uh, you know, to be very honest, uh, the government supports have been uh, generous. You know, the, the federal government initially and then the provincial government and the city more recently, uh, they've all stepped up. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think our employees are happy. They're, we're able to operate safely and they keep their jobs. And we stay in business. Our suppliers stay in business. And, you know, it's just we're all trying to get through this. There's, um, you know, we're just all pulling together and doing what we can. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. Well, let's let's dive into what you guys are serving, okay? I, I guess first off, just how would you describe uh, the close company menu? Well, for sure, this is the funny part because you know the same way we rented the space before we had had a plan for the restaurant, uh, we we also had a menu before we had our first chef. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is because we were working towards this, we hired some great kitchen people to help us develop a menu based on what we wanted. So. We said, you know, we want recognizable food, good food, but, uh, you know, added, uh, like elevated. Things that, you know, you, anybody can make a meatball at home, but let's say if our chef's working on this meatball sauce and, and an ingredient for eight hours, you're not going to be able to make that at home, right? So that's the idea. Make recognizable food, but make a bit of flair and uh, obviously elevated. So, yeah, the menu's uh, eclectic. It, most of it stays, you know, uh, seasonal. And then we have uh, some abrupt changes, spring and fall a little bit. And then we do some special here and there. But there'll typically be a couple of salad options, uh, you know, a few snacks. And then, uh, you know, our main uh, proteins kind of thing. So, and it's all shared plate style. So if you're eating in-house, which is how we're designed, you typically people will roll in a, a party of four and just say, oh, we'll do the whole menu. And that's how it goes. And that's uh, so you get a little bit of everything and you don't just order your own steak. You you order a little bit of everything and try it all. Like kind of like tapas almost, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Share plates is kind of the going trend. I saw something in your snacks portion that as soon as I saw it, it's, it's one of my favorite foods. I don't really know why, but you guys serve croquettes. And that's the way to get to my heart. So good on yeah. you for having a couple croquettes on the menu, at least. 
Uh, yeah, no, those are fun, man. Anything time you kind of add cheese to something that's a little bit yeah. deep fried, it always it works for me as well. Yeah, our biggest um, our, our claim to fame is kind of a torched tuna with black garlic. It's kind of a fresh, uh, fresh kind of seared tuna plate. Um, you know, it's kind of that one hits home a little bit. Our, our meatballs change up here and there, but we've had meatballs on the menu okay. since we opened, and people love that one as well. So it's kind of what we're known for a little bit. And then we'll add different things in there, some different carbs and proteins, and usually some uh, some different seasonal vegetables as well. And you just kind of pick and choose. It's like you choose your own adventure. <laughs> right. Well, and, and you mentioned the veggies there. You have a, I don't want to say a surprising amount of vegetarian or, or vegan options, but it, it comprises a pretty significant portion of your menu. Yeah, it does. And uh, you know what? It's just based on, I guess one thing we didn't cover was, you know, we are truly a 300-square-foot restaurant, and that includes seating and kitchen. So... We really can't do everything for everyone, but we can still do quite a bit. And uh, one of my favorite things that happens quite regularly, I'm not usually in the restaurant because there's not enough room for everybody. <laughs> but, um, you know, when I'm in there occasionally, someone wants a tour and I, I laugh because, you know, I just say, you, this is it. You're yeah. looking at everything. Spin around. There's, there's no other room. Yeah, this is, you're in it. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Uh, and I, I do want to touch on just one more menu item here. I'm not normally a sweets guy. Um, but the chocolate tart you guys are rocking right now, is that a, a mandatory must stay item or is this a uh, bit yeah, of a new yeah, thing you're working on? Yeah. So, you know, we have two great chefs in the kitchen, uh, Dustin Pajak and Jake Cole and Jake spends a lot of time on his tart and uh, is pretty proud of it. And, uh, let me just say that, uh, it's hard for me. I live across the street from the restaurant, not to just kind of pop over and see if there's an extra, extra one in the fridge now and then. So it's, uh, <laughs> It's pretty darn good. R&D. Just R&D every time you yeah, have it, right? You got you to try the good. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wanted to get to this because I don't think I've seen this anywhere. And you, you talked about trends earlier, and it seems like takeout kits and do it at home sort of deal. Like that's the, the in vogue thing right now. Can you explain your cocktail kits that you guys are selling right now? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, it is a bit of a trend, but I'd like to think we are actually on the front end of this one. Uh, we did it when we first locked down there back in March. Um, a lot of people come to us for one or two of our, our main cocktails and uh, the gardener's one, and we, we spend a lot of time making our shrubs. And so everything's house-made. Uh, we spend a few days making the ingredients that go into our eventual cocktails. And now we've gotten down to a little bit of a process where we can bottle that, that goodness and Send it on home with a little bit of Schweppes soda, and then you can add it to, uh, you know, a non-alcoholic clear spirit or, uh, you know, we, we give you a bit of instructions on how to get the best results from it, but uh, you, can, you can have a pretty flavorful drink at home uh, just to mimic the experience of being in-house. And I like underneath the cocktail kits, it says consume immediately, like that was going to be an issue for me. Um, <laughs> now, you, you mentioned shrub. There's this, I mean, you have two different cocktails, the Gardener and the Big Switch. What yep. is, I have no idea how, how to make drinks or anything like that. So what is a shrub exactly? So a shrub is just basically, uh, you know, a lot of people in the cocktails are kind of a, an, a, like it's a growing, burgeoning field and space. And, you know, you go to a good cocktail bar and it looks like magic back there. Um, you know, so a lot of times there'll be a lot of variety of syrups and things that you can just make quickly, right? And add some flavor, some sweetness, some bitter, and it's all about balancing a cocktail. And so a shrub is just a little bit level up, right? So we start reducing things, uh, dehydrating things, and adding things together, and it creates a bit of a preserve. So instead of having a syrup, you're actually getting now a bit closer to what it's a preserve, and that's the shrub process. And, uh, yeah, you can get some really great flavors out of that. Yeah, so make sure you guys, I mean, we could all use a drink down more than ever. 
Um, but there is a gin-based cocktail and a bourbon-based cocktail, correct, with those two? Pretty much, yeah. You can use uh, any clear with the gardener and any okay. dark with the switch, but those are the recommended. Yeah. All right. And I did uh, check out your Instagram page. You guys are doing, is it like Instagram exclusive specials and takeout kits? How does that work? Well, no, the Instagram has just become our kind of primary communication tool. So, I mean, yeah, we will occasionally do a, a special for, uh, you know, Mother's Day or a New Year's Eve special. But primarily, you know what, our guys are working around the clock in there to keep things tight. And, uh, you know, we run with the menu we have for most of the time. So we have some new items. Uh, we have a new uh, crispy uh, chicken skins dish with uh, some pickles and, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of great flavors and things like that. And once it's on there, it's on there for a while. You get it while you can, and then we'll, we'll try something new. And you have a pretty impressive selection of wines here. Are you a big wine guy? Was that your call, or did somebody no, else have some say? That, that is not my wine. Um, that is not my forte, let me say. <laughs> but uh, I, you know what? I, I do uh, really enjoy it. Our partners at the Wine House have been really good with us. They actually took uh, Tammy, my partner, and myself um, on a wine tour last year. We went to Europe. We hit about eight countries. And uh, we brought some Hungarian wines back, and we, you know, we have a great time, and it opened up my eyes to the process and uh, the complexities of wine, but it's still, uh, I'll take a, a cocktail or a beer most days uh, over a glass of wine if I'm just sitting around, so. Yeah, we would get along just fine then, watching the Jets game. <laughs> uh, I do, now you mentioned this to me when, when we were emailing back and forth, and I know that, you know, a bunch of our listeners are here in Manitoba, and they obviously are are very familiar with Andrew Hustler Patterson on TSN 1290. You went to college with Hustler? Well, we were all friendly back in the day, and there was a weird Good group Lord. of friends. Yeah, exactly. There was uh, a lot of fun being head and uh, being of a certain age and a certain generation. There's a lot, it seems like a lot less rules anyways. And we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we were good friends back in the day. I think we still are. I think we still live quite close to each other, but we don't run into each other quite as often as we used to. Different different schedules now. Yeah, slightly different. But is, the, is there a... Uh... A hustler. I mean, we do, we're not under the same constraints when it comes to profanities and things like that that we are on uh, on radio. But are there any hustler college stories that pop to mind? Oh goodness, uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing fit for publication. I yeah, don't fair think. enough. So we'll, we'll leave her at that. That's a good call as far as business goes. I, I yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just move on from that. Okay. Now mm-hmm. we close out our interviews uh, with a, a fun little thing that we do here. And we're going to do it a little bit differently with you just because of the uh, the cocktails and, and the drinks that you guys serve. But first, and especially with the Jets finally getting started, thank God, we ask everybody what their ideal game day food item would be. So what would Close Company's top game day food item be? <laughs> well, if we were going to do a, a game day kind of special package, you'd have to kind of pick one from each category, and we'd probably do the the crispy chicken skins with the the, BB, or the uh, zucchini and buffalo sauce. And then we would probably do, you know, you got to have some sustenance in the belly. So we'd go to the uh, the quick salad. We would do the, the Thai apple salad with the Berkshire pork for the main. And that, that pork uh, dish has um, become one of our favorites out there. And it's it actually gives you the, the base you need to enjoy a few drinks later in the evening. Perfect. Now, we've never done this before. But do you have a game day cocktail? Because I know most people, you know, when the game's on, they want some beer. But I actually wouldn't mind having a cocktail once in a while. You know, it's a little bit lighter. So is there something that pops into your head when you think the perfect game day cocktail for a Jets game? 
<laughs> well, I mean, because we don't have our full list available, I would have to go with the one that we're offering, the Big Switch, of course. It's always, uh, a, a bourbon drink's always good, but maybe save this for the third period, just not to get yourself <laughs> in too much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might, you might need it in the third period for game. I will see how game one goes. You might need it, a, you know, one in each period, right? Yes. Well, we're going to have lots. Of, maybe maybe get a couple for the weekend because after the first game, we get, I think we have to wait till Monday to see the next one. So, <laughs> Right on. Well, hey, Cam, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. Just now, let our listeners know where they can find you guys, take out how, how everybody can uh, get in contact with you and try your great food and drink. Yeah, sure. No, I really appreciate it, Brian. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. Um, you know, we're still at 256 Stafford Street. Uh, you know, we hope to reopen to the public real soon in the spring. But in the meantime, uh, if you want to try anything in our menu, you just give us a call. Uh, our website's kind of funky. It's called it's close.company. So it's just C-L-O-S-E dot C-O-M-P-A-N-Y. And our Instagram's Keep It Close Co. And you can find us, contact us, reach out to us anyway. We're always uh, always available. We open at 5, and we're open uh, Tuesday to Sunday. Well, Cam, I'll be walking down sometime soon, and I don't, I don't know what it's going to be exactly, what the order's going to be, but I'll, I'll do what you said and grab a snack, a salad, a side, and a cocktail kit to go as well, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Cam. Have a good one. You as well. Well, that does it for another episode of Skates and Plates. Hey, once again, guys, thanks for listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back on Tuesday. Like I said, we'll break down Saturday night's game against Ottawa, Sunday's game against the Oilers. We'll do a systems breakdown, too, of you know one or two big plays out of that Oilers game. I mean, we, we know what to expect out of the Sens. I'm intrigued to see what the Jets do to maybe counteract some of that speed that the Oilers are going to bring Sunday, something they've struggled with in the past. So we'll do a bit of a deep dive into some of the big plays on that Oilers game for Tuesday's episode. But again, that does it for us here. Thanks so much for listening to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Also, don't forget to sign up on DraftKings using the DraftKings app, using our promo code THPN. Let's make a bunch of cash this weekend, y'all. But for now, peace.